Mark 1. Conversations at the speed of sound. So, Andrew, can you uh, explain to me what you're working on here? Uh, Gary, at the moment I've, uh, we've removed the facsimile uh, exhaust manifolds from the fuselage. They were in a very, very poor state. Uh, mixed mixed uh, mediums on how they were constructed. So they've been, take them off, repack them with uh, a solid like a surfboard foam. Constructed a whole new manifold shape for one of them. They will be, they'll be fiberglass and uh, then f finished off, ready to be uh, put back on the aircraft frame. unmistakable sound of Rolls-Royce Merlin engines, in this case mounted in Spitfires overflying the Duxford Aerodrome in Cambridgeshire, England. And before that, the voice of QAM volunteer Andrew Johns on what turned out to be a rather noisy day in the QAM workshop, describing the ongoing work to restore our Mark I Spitfire representation. And you'll hear more from Andrew soon. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mac One, the podcast of the Queensland Air Museum, Caloundra. My name is Gary Hills. I'm a QAM volunteer and your host for this episode. Today we dedicate an episode to one of several restoration projects that are currently ongoing. We aim to focus in on one of these projects each month or so. Coming up soon will be our ex-Royal Flying Doctor Service de Havilland Drover, and after that, our ex-RAAF Lockheed Neptune, with others to follow. But in this episode, you're going to hear from four members of the restoration team working on the Spitfire representation. Andrew Johns, who is currently project manager, Chuck Goodman, who is the overall team leader, Angelo Kalea, and myself. Yes, I also have the pleasure of fronting up each week to lend a hand. As always, there are some photos of the people mentioned in the episode and of the Spitfire representation itself in the Mark I hangar, which you can access if you join the group on Facebook. That's the Mark I hangar, if you search for it on Facebook, you'll find it. Just click join and one of our moderators will be very happy to let you join the group where we will discuss all things to do with the podcast. For those of you who are not on Facebook, there is also a very detailed history of this exhibit on the Queensland Air Museum website in the collections section, prepared by QAM historian Ron Cuskelly. Ron's summary impeccably researched, as are all of his summaries, will bring you up to 2012, when the exhibit was dismantled and placed in storage to make room for our F-111C, which now takes pride of place in Hangar 1. This podcast episode 
will bring you up to date with the comings and goings of the exhibit since then and to February 2022, which is when this is being recorded. I'll let Chuck Goodman pick up the story and then give you some of the story of the actual Spitfire that this replica represents. The aircraft that was delivered to the RAF in 1938 and which met an untimely end in 1941. Chuck, you've overseen this project in one way or another for quite some time now. Um, so just to catch us up on the history of this representation. Okay, well, the um, uh, Spitfire representation was a substantially full-size replica. It was built by uh, Vic Weston uh, back in the 1990s. He started off with the instrument panel and then he thought he'd do the cockpit surrounding the instrument panel and then he thought he'd do the fuselage and it went on and on until he had a full-size or virtually full-size uh, replica. He was going to use it as a promotion uh, tool for shopping centres uh, which is why the only part that is undersized was the tail section that was to get through the sliding doors in the supermarket. Um, but when we got it back in uh, 2004, he uh, sold it to us and uh, it went on display as a full-size replica with noting that the tail section was undersized. Uh, it was on display in Hangar 1 until 2012-2013 when the F-111 arrived and it was moved out of the hangar. In all the uh, excitement with the Triple One, the reproduction got a little forgotten about outside in the paddock. I found it a couple of years ago a bit worse for wear and uh, organised a team to bring her back to display standards. It was in the markings of the first Spitfire to go to a squadron in World War II and marked as a K9789. But we have changed it to the very first production Spitfire ever, K9787. We removed the tail section to, uh, and repaired it to a full-size tail section and have spent many hours strengthening it and detailing it. Soon we will do the camouflage and markings and what our visitors will see in outside appearance and inside the cockpit is a very or will be a very impressive and convincing full-size representation of the very first Spitfire to roll off the production line for service in World War II. So what, what do you think will happen with it? What, what, what are the plans for its future? We intend to make it available for photo opportunities in the future photographs taken with uh, uh, our visitors in the cockpit. It may take a little while yet, um, but uh, it will happen. Now, obviously we have to fulfil the health and safety regulations and we don't want anyone getting stuck in the cockpit. Uh, if we do, we'll have to get the cherry picker out to, uh, <laughs> to retrieve them. Either that or leave them in there overnight until we can get the fire service. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting to note that one of our major supporters, or our major supporter for the project, mm. and somebody who uh, has encouraged me right from the beginning, is a QAM Life member, Les Bowgen, who is in his 90s, and still shows a very keen interest in the Queensland Air Museum, 
and particularly our Spitfire project and who trained as a pilot in World War II is looking forward tremendously to seeing enthusiastic youngsters proudly having their photos taken in the cockpit with a leather flying helmet on, goggles on and we will have the sound of the Rolls-Royce Merlin plane in the background. So Peradura ad Astra, through difficulties to the stars, tally-ho and chocks away. <laughs> Thank you Chuck, that's fantastic. Uh, can I ask what, what the process is from here on in terms of the uh, restoration? Where are, we, where are you up to with it? Well, we're about to uh, prepare the fuselage for its paint job. We've got authentically uh, matched camouflage paint in two packs, so it'll be a long-lasting uh, treatment. We'll uh, take the fuselage over to our main hangar. Just between the library and the hangar, it'll be placed there. And so people who come into the museum through Hangar 1, I guess it's going to be the first aircraft they see, isn't it? It's the first display they see after they leave the hangar will be K9787. That's right. Uh, as, soon, as soon as the excitement of seeing the F-111 has died down, they'll be confronted with the frontage of a full-size Spitfire representation. So I like what you say about what we see will be as close as humanly possible to e exactly the way that it was in, was it 1939? Yes, around 1939, 1940. Uh, unless you are an absolute uh, uh, specialist in Spitfires, you will be completely convinced that what you're standing in front of is the real thing. Now I believe the QAM originally or at one point had an actual Mark V Spitfire here on display. What happened to that? Um, it was an original Spitfire, probably at today's value uh, maybe a couple of million uh, dollars and that was actually on loan and unfortunately not permanent loan and uh, was taken overseas to England. So if anyone listening feels as sad about that as we do and has uh, a spare couple of million folding stuff available or has alternatively an actual airframe that they want to donate to the museum, we'd be really happy to see it. Thank you very much, Chuck, I, and well done and congratulations on steering a project through over a number of years, which you know, we're all volunteers here and people come and go and people have, uh, the, they show their commitment but but sometimes they can't continue and so I know you've had uh, changeover of personnel and, and skilled people I, I think it's very difficult at the moment is it not to find somebody who's a uh, fiberglass molder well in actual fact that's that's quite right Gary uh, some people th are under the impression that to volunteer here one has to be extensive Air Force or civil aviation experience we're looking for uh, volunteers on a short-term basis or a long-term basis in fiberglass and moulding, even uh, the two-pack painting skills. But these could have been skills they learnt as an amateur, uh, working on boats, working on car restorations. So if anybody is interested to uh, come and see us on a short-term basis or a long-term basis, we usually are here on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Uh, we've got all the tooling and uh, we'd love to talk to you. Thank you so much, Chuck, uh, and good luck with the project. We look forward to updating our listeners on when K9787 is on display and available to uh, enjoy here at the QAM. Thanks very much, Gary. 
The Supermarine Spitfire has come down through history as one of the most famous and recognisable fighter aeroplanes of the Second World War. Reginald Mitchell, who was chief engineer at Supermarine and designer of no fewer than 24 aircraft, designed what became known as the Spitfire based on a racing seaplane that he had designed that won the prestigious Schneider Cup between 1927 and 1931. So when the British Air Ministry, anticipating a coming European war, issued specifications for a new fighter in 1931, Mitchell went to work adapting his designs and the Spitfire was the result. In 1938, K9787 was put through rigorous performance trials and then delivered to the Royal Air Force. Our full-scale representation, painted in camouflage colours and RAF roundels with authentic black-and-white underbelly, will go on display as it looked in early 1939. So what became of K9787? Well, in late 1939, just after war had been declared, it was upgraded to a Mark III and fitted out as a photo reconnaissance aircraft and went to a photo reconnaissance unit. In June 1941, with pilot officer Samuel Bowes RAF on a mission over Cherbourg, it went down in the English Channel. All of these details and more are now printed and displayed with full-colour photographs by QAM display manager Colin Campbell and can be seen at the Queensland Air Museum in front of the paint shop where K9787 currently resides. Now, after speaking with Chuck Goodman, I then travelled to one of QAM's storage facilities to speak with Angelo Kalea. Good day, Angelo. Good day, um, Gary. Thanks for talking to me. Now, look, we're surrounded by really high shelves and all kinds of interesting artefacts here. Can you tell me, does QAM have actual parts from real Spitfires that were in service? Indeed, we have. We have parts from, uh, I believe it's a Mark um, 9, and uh, parts that have been with us for some years, and we uh, have cleaned them up, put them away in storage. They came from the Northern Territory, circa 1940s, from various crash sites. And uh, some of the parts are really interesting because the original paint scheme still shows. Um, the camouflage and the roundels, they still show. And we um, do our best to preserve that uh, authenticity. So what do we have here? I see leading edges of a wing or something. What have we got here? We got um, big sections of uh, the leading edges, the top and the bottom. Uh, we also have uh, alios and uh, we have various uh, blades and um, hubs. We, ha we have a tailwheel as well, actually. Yeah. A, uh, a mast, we have a mast as well. And what do you anticipate might be done with these? Is there a chance that they might... Uh, what else, what's that there you've got? We uh, are planning that when the Spitfire um, representation gets completed and gets presented to the public, uh, we will um, hang or uh, 
the, these original parts at the background so that it will complement the, um, the display. So people will see a, full, a fully restored representation and they'll also see some authentic air, air, aircraft parts on display at the same time. That's exactly right, that's the aim of it, yes. And what uh, role do you play here? What, are, what, what have you been working on with K9787? Well, mainly my, my role at the museum is graphics. I, I do all the graphics on the aircraft. Uh, they're all computer cuts, so I got all the uh, graphics ready for the uh, representation Spitfire. So that will be my job once the paint has uh, been applied. So what, what things would you be printing in the print shop to be on display on the actual fuselage? Well, I will be printing, yeah, the, the, the roundels most probably will be painted. But uh, all the um, warning signs and um, um, access panel signage that I will do. So once again, somebody who visits and has a look, they'll see what would have been on the original Mark I. You've done a lot of research over the years, Angela. You have uncovered plans and schematics and photographs to help us make sure that this is exactly the way it looked. So that, that must have been an interesting process in and of itself. Indeed, yeah. When you, when you start going to do research, you, you get sort of inundated because there's a, you got a cross-reference to come up with an accurate scheme. And that's uh, why we elected to go with 787, which is the uh, first production Spitfire. It, it was the, the, the first of the many. Let's go back now to Andrew Johns. As I said earlier, we were competing with a fair bit of noise in the workshop, and I haven't had a lot of experience with field recording. So I made the mistake, I think, of ploughing on with the interview regardless. I apologise for that and I hope that the noise in the background isn't too distracting. And what other projects have you been working on here? I know you've, uh, you've, had a lot of, you've done a lot of work on the, uh, the instrument panel and the cockpit. Yeah, I'm currently uh, doing the uh, re representation of the complete instrument panel. I've taken the, uh, the original F instrument panel on the aircraft that we've got here uh, was a mock-up and I've taken some some of the instrument faces off and re recycled them back into the new one. I've completely uh, fabricated the whole new panel itself out of a sheet of aluminium, progressively uh, building the new instrument faces and uh, new instrument pieces. They are they're very hard to find. I'm actually, uh, I have a, re a uh, replica Mark 1A Spitfire instrument panel of my own at home and I'm progressively collecting original uh, instruments, those that I can get my hands on. Some are extremely scarce parts to get. Thanks, Andrew. It's great to talk to you, and congratulations on all you're doing, mate, because uh, it, it's a big project and it's a long you know, time coming. A lot of people who come into the, the museum, one of their first questions is, do you have a Spitfire? And the, le the love and the care and the attention that's being lavished on this, it's just a, it's a treat to see it in action and we look forward to having it on display for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, thanks Gary, it's actually it's a team effort. Uh, everybody has their own little taskings and uh, little assignments that we do. We've got our little checklist and we hope we might have it ready by mid by middle of the year. Fantastic, thanks mate. Yeah, thank you. 
So that's our episode. Thanks for putting us in your ears. Remember, you can email us at qammark1 at gmail.com. You can join the growing group in the Mac One Hangar on Facebook. And you can have a look at the collections page on our website at qam.com.au. Or come down and see us at the Queensland Air Museum Caloundra. We're open from 10 to 4 every day except Good Friday and Christmas Day, and we would love to see you. I'll leave you now with the sound of the Rolls-Royce Merlins. Bye for now.